I'm Tony Preckwinkle, chair of the Cook County Democratic Party, and I'd like to welcome you to The 80, our podcast about the Cook County Democratic Party, its candidates, and its leaders. We're beginning the podcast by interviewing our elected Democratic committee people to discuss their backgrounds and thoughts about the history and future of our party. Today, I'm excited to welcome Byron Sichao Lopez. All right, did I get that right? You got it right. Thank you, President. Good to, good to see you. Alderman and committeeman of what ward, Byron? The 25th ward. In, uh, right. Yeah, 25th ward. All right. Now, tell us where the 25th ward is and a little bit about the communities included. Yeah, so, uh, well, the, the, I have an honor to represent uh, one of the most diverse areas of the city. In uh, the 25th ward encompasses Pilsen, Chinatown, uh, West Loop, parts of the South Loop, uh, parts of the UIC, Little Italy area. Abla Homes and McKinley Park. So we have a, a little macrocosm of what we see in the city and uh, I'm, I'm really honored to represent such a wonderful community. All right, as you pointed out, a very diverse ward. Yes, All right. yes, absolutely. Now, how did you come to be alderman of this very diverse ward? Well, I, I, um, my involvement in, in politics uh, comes mainly from uh, education. Uh, I think the the, I, I mean, a former teacher, I was a, a public, uh, uh, I was a teaching adult education in a lot of his public schools through a leadership program in, leadership program in UIC. Um, I did that for over 10 years. And I got involved in politics, uh, basically trying to save our public schools. I was a soccer coach, a volunteer soccer coach in, a, in one of the local schools. And one of uh, one the news um, that the schools were gonna close down uh, back in 2012. I became very involved trying to save the schools. Um, you know, as you know, I, I see a lot of my students uh, really, you know, um, really needed spaces like this uh, for for sports, for youth programming. You're doing adult leadership for the for the parents, writing and soccer for the kids. So we really became uh, active because we know that not having those schools would have made a, a tremendous uh, difference in in for families and kids. That's how I got involved in, uh, you know, getting involved in a local, local pro, for, uh, nonprofit, Pilsen Alliance. Uh, then we got involved in other fights against a metal shredder and other things. And, and here I am, <laughs> you know, uh, nine years later. All right. Now you, you were a soccer coach and uh, a teacher of adult literacy in an li adult literacy program. Is that right? Yes. 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 Okay. Now we talked earlier and you were a soccer player. Yes, right? yes, yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I played a little bit of college in uh, in uh, Tennessee in uh, a school in the college in Tennessee. All right, and you came to this country as a teenager. Why don't you tell that story? Because it's fascinating. Yeah. So you know, I, I like many people. Sometimes we don't we don't uh, you know we sometimes don't uh, don't know when you're gonna have to leave your community, you leave your your neighborhood, your your city. So back in uh, uh, the late 1990s, Ecuador had a really uh, uh, really serious financial crisis, you know, uh, unemployment uh, uh, was uh, in all-time highs, 500% inflation. So the country was in really bad shape. Uh, I come from a middle-class uh, family, you know, my both of my parents are dentists. Uh, they work for the government. Um, but at, the, at that time, unfortunately, we had a car accident that left my family at the time of a crisis. That's what I've been very passionate about you know, access to healthcare and other issues, you know, so our family, basically, we, we've been bankrupt, basically, because of the medical bills. Um, and uh, my family got a little settlement out of the car accident that we were into. And um, so I took my, my mom was actually in a coma 
back then. And uh, I don't know what got into her, but she woke up after the uh, a week in coma and just told me, you know, you, you just got to go somewhere else. Uh, I think it was a time where we were in, uh, you know, I was graduating from high school. It would have been difficult for me to, to go to school, you know, given the crisis and, and our financial situation. So I, 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 I was uh, very fortunate for my family that basically uh, put, put along everything we got for, for me to come as a exchange student. And I landed in Tennessee out of all places <laughs> and without much uh, English language behind me. <laughs> and that's, you know, and uh, I was, you know, I, I was, I did my last year of high school and I'm very grateful for the family in Tennessee allowed me to stay a few years and go to college. So you, you were an exchange student. You came to the United States from Ecuador, ended up in Tennessee where you went to college. But you went, came here to Chicago for graduate school, is that right? And and that's, that's right. So the family that I, you know, the family, which, uh, you know, uh, was a, um, right. the family, had family in Chicago. That's how I paid. So in 2001 was my first visit to Chicago. The family had, the grandparents live here in Chicago. I heard all about Chicago. My, uh, the host mother was uh, an African-American professor uh, who taught me a lot about, you know, the, the history of the city, black, you know, black American history, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. And when I got here to Chicago, the first place that I went to was Nuevo Leon uh, for, uh, for a meal. And after that, I said, look, I, that's what I got to go someday. So one day I took my bags and that's, that's how I got here. All right. All right. So you came here uh, connected to uh, family from the folks in Tennessee and mm -hmm. uh, went to graduate school. So that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, I'm really grateful for the, the grant. I mean, I, I wouldn't be here without them. So, you know, to the Turner family, you know, Carmen, my host mother, made the world of a difference, you know, and uh, I really, uh, you know, I owe her a lot to, to be here, you know, and uh, always grateful trying to give back every day. All right. So that's, that's, that's your kind of, um, your immigrant story, right? Your immigrant. Mm -hmm. All right. Tell us a little bit about um, what your challenges are as alderman of the ward and what you're trying to do as committee person. So the, some of the challenges and I think for all elected officials right now in the middle of a pandemic um, is, uh, you know, the route to recovery, right? I think that the, the unemployment numbers are unprecedented right now in our black and brown communities, um, in our Chinese community as well. So we, we, we've seen the, uh, the huge effects that the pandemic ha has had in our community on our small businesses, on our small homeowners, tenants. So I think that the path to recovery right now is ensuring that we can get vaccination uh, to our essential workers and seniors ASAP. Um, you know, the, the situation where our unemployment is concerning violence, of course, is, is an issue citywide. And the, the, the pandemic has exacerbated a lot, of, um, a lot of the issues that we already have, poverty levels and all-time highs. Uh, all-time high, um, small businesses who are barely making it. So we have a, a health crisis and a financial crisis that um, we'll need, the, that we all come together as, as a community. I think that what I've seen, um, you know, is, is unfortunately a lot of people coming together from the Chinatown community, Pilsen, West Loop, kind of working together as a coalition. We're starting having, um, you know, during the pandemic, um, first weekly, now monthly calls with all the stakeholders and leaders from across the 25th ward, trying to address these challenges. And, and I think it's not only gonna take a village, but it's gonna take a, a lot of work between every level of government to address these issues on housing. Housing is a huge issue, 21,000 
evictions have been piled so far and uh, a lot of concern around foreclosures uh, in our, for small homeowners, small businesses who are actually you know, operating a limited capacity. Uh, so we have a, a situation that will really require not only local coordination, but also collaboration from all the levels of government. Yes, uh, trying to get out of this hole that we're in is gonna be um, a long haul, but I'm very grateful that the, the Biden-Harris administration has um, put forward a very a substantial recovery plan. I think you know, in 2008, we didn't uh, respond with sufficient uh, resources at the federal level to help uh, local communities and states uh, rebound. So hopefully we'll be in better shape this time. Um, what do you hope for from the, from the Byron from the Biden-Harris administration? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, we, we hope that um, they, um, they uh, deliver on the promises that were made, you know, around not only immigration, right? We, we, we still have kids right now, as we speak, uh, still detained. We still have some challenges ahead. So we hope that we, we move uh, quickly towards comprehensive immigration reform, right? That uh, we want uh, to make sure that our, our immigrant families I treated with dignity and respect something that was lost under you know the you know the previous administration and I think something that that we need to honor right I think these are promises made back in 2008 that need to be fulfilled I think that I see with great eyes uh, that the, the like you said unprecedented relief package that is coming that we didn't see under the previous administration we are in the city of Chicago expected to receive a, you know as as much as eight billion dollars uh, in in relief that we do need uh, uh, urgently. Uh, we hope, of course, that with this uh, money coming in, that it's gonna go to public schools, that it's going to go to vaccination, that it's gonna go to relief for small businesses, tenants and small homeowners, uh, small businesses. We, we hope that the, the issue of equity, right? That unfortunately in the previous administration, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a disaster, I think worst possible scenario. We do hope that um, in, in the next few years, we, we push for uh, uh, you know, a, a Green New Deal. We hope that we need to put our resources uh, where the uh, science is, where or the future uh, shows, right? That we need sustainability, we need long-term jobs. We need to invest in not only cleaner energy, but you know, sustainable long-term uh, jobs. I think that's some of the challenges that we still have in the city, but I do hope that through um, a, a, an administration that respects the environment, that respects working people. I think that the PRO Act, it seems like, you know, uh, organizing uh, and actually the right to organize seems to be a priority on the organization. That is a very good thing. I think it shows that elections matter and that we got to continue pushing, you know, to make sure that corporations like Amazon and others uh, don't retaliate against the workers, that don't retaliate uh, against the working people, but that they, they, that they are all accountable, that we hope that we continue to help uh, on the right to organize, the right for working people, and that we put policies that are bold, that are innovative, and that are in line with what the need, the people on the ground need. You know, I think that there's so much need, but I, I'm hopeful that we can continue to push and working towards uh, uh, towards better days. I, I, I'm hopeful. Good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's uh, we're in a, uh, clearly in an extraordinary moment, and. We need, of course, the help of the federal government, but a lot of the burden for trying to implement recovery initiatives is going to fall on local elected officials like yourself. Um, what do you see happening in the city of Chicago as we recover? Well, in, in the city of Chicago, um, I hope that we, you know, we um, 
we have a, a, a different vision where uh, we we work more closely together, you know, with the county, with the state. You know, I think that there's is is good to see changes. You know, in Springfield, it's good to see um, more collaboration. I think that we need to um, we need to have at the city level better coordination you know, with the county, with the state, so that we can put priorities in place uh, when we have relief. You know, I think that there's got to be the eight billion dollars. You know, you know, coordination with the schools. I was very happy to hear you yesterday when you were talking about you know, the, um, these uh, unfortunate uh, uh, and really tragic events in Atlanta and the anti-Asian um, um, anti hate crimes that have uh, happened across the country. I was glad to see, and I know that you as a teacher have been pushing to make sure that we bring um, a curriculum that explains our, our kids or our future about the history of Asian, Amer Asian Americans in our country, the issues, uh, the, the issues that we have and that the history does justice to the facts, I think a lot, a lot of contributions, not only from Asian Americans, but also Black community, Black history, Latinx history. I think that is that is really hopeful to see maybe a revamp in our schools that we invest more in violence prevention, that we invest in, um, you know, youth in programming, in arts and culture. Uh, I think that the, in social services, I think there's a way to recovery, right? And of course, vaccination is at the core of all of this. But we do need to invest more in people. Uh, to to think that we unfortunately have um, allowed corporations and billionaires to put profit over people for way too long. But I hope that with coordination, with uh, with bold, courageous leaders, we can make changes that and there are policies that come and help people, people on the ground, the the people who are hurt, black and brown communities, Asian communities, community black, uh, white poor people that are right now in urgent need for us to talk about housing policies, healthcare policies. Um, that small businesses, I do hope that the relief comes um, in a time where we need to make sure that every single level of government is in coordination to work for working people and not for the corporations and billionaires that unfortunately have continued to push their own agenda. You're part of the um, Progressive Caucus and in particular, uh, one of six, I think, members of the city council who would describe yourself as democratic socialist. How does that lens influence your work? So to me, I, I, socialism has been something that I have seen very closely. Um, since I, I grew up, I've seen the effects of um, neoliberal policies, trickle down economics, disinvestment, austerity. Um, again, you know, in a country like mine, when I grew up, you know, where my, my first home, um, I think that we've seen the unfortunate effects of those policies in, in recovery. Uh, we see a, 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 um, a community that continues to struggle because there's no self-determination, there's no uh, social uh, services that are in line with the needs. And, and I've seen, unfortunately, what trickle-down economics does. I, I've seen that, um, and I think at a time like this with so much inequality, a big crisis, uh, we've seen, you know, the, the, the research shows uh, under uh, FDR, you know, big recovery packages, uh, the, the New Deal, broad investment, broad relief, and uh, an unprecedented growth. Unfortunately, uh, we've seen how corporations and billionaires like the Koch brothers uh, that have continued to put a very radical right-wing agenda that has this investment from the poor to subsidize the rich is not sustainable. They're, they're the real criminal policies when we, uh, when we don't allow uh, healthcare to be um, a human right, where we don't allow mental health services to be accessible to people, when we uh, have made housing a huge business instead of 
something that needs to bring stability to our neighborhoods and better economies for when we see subsidies going to subsidize mega developments uh, instead of investing in green technology, we see pollution, we see industry that is destined to fail, getting more resources when green technology, visionary policies like the Green New Deal are put aside. So my, my influence is, it comes from reality. I've seen how these policies don't work. A consequence of that is massive migration. And a million people in Ecuador left the country and the country will be 11 million. Massive chaos and crisis. I see a lot of the same thing here. And in my own community in Pilsen, that's what prompted me to fight back because I see austerity, I see corruption. I see a lot of the same policies. And I think, you know, I think Rosa Luxemburg had a really good quote that said, uh, is either going to be barbarism or socialism. We need to have faith in social policies that social services work, you know, social services um, uh, that bring relief, that bring the basic services that our families need, or small businesses need, or homeowners and tenants need. And I think that's the route to recovery, the new, new the Green New Deal, uh, that, that uh, is a socialist policy, social security. A lot of what the, uh, the Republican Party is trying to take back those are things, those are social policies, those are, those are socialist policies. So I, I strongly believe that is through our, um, our efforts towards a, a different imaginary that we are gonna avoid having these limitations. We, we can be so creative, innovative. So that's what we wanna also bring more young people, new fresh ideas and, and with, um, um, with, a, with, a, you know, with hopefully a push, a political push, we can bring some of these policies to, to fruition. Well, thank you. I wanna thank you. Byron C. Chow Lopez, did I do it right this time? You got it right. <laughs> All right, good. All right, Alderman and Committeeman of the 25th Ward. Did I get that right? You got it absolutely right. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for joining us today. We're very grateful. Uh, we know that this is gonna be a challenging year for local elected officials at all levels. We wish you luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.